Welcome to Holding Fast. How is your anchor holding today? Is it gripped firmly to the unshakable rock of Holy Scripture? Welcome to the journey of our Lord to the cross today. Glad you're in the podcast. Trust that you're walking obediently with the Lord and that you're making a point to put Him first, that He is the top priority in your hierarchy of responsibilities in life. We all have things that claw at our attention, and it's good for us to remember that there must be literally a hierarchy of responsibility that we put everything, every decision through that test. But it's good to have you today, and uh, it's exciting for me to be able to come back and share with you a word from God, which comes today from Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. Remember from the previous podcast that we're on a journey with our Lord, and I am offering selected teaching stops from the Lord's journey to give us some lessons for each day. And uh, we, I noted for you that there are three separate sections from chapter 9, verse 51, all the way through chapter 19 that helps identify in verse 44 of chapter 19. Uh, this journey that ends up in, of course, our Lord's uh, triumphal entry and his arrest, uh, interrogation, and his crucifixion, burial, and resurrection. And so uh, we're looking at these three sections, and I'm having to be selective because that is quite a large passage of, of Scripture that gives us a narrative of Jesus' journey. So I'm pausing here and there, and I'm noting some of those t- teaching opportunities. Well, the Lord took advantage of that. And in chapter 13, verse 1, as as it opens, you're really confronted with a, a curious statement that the Lord makes. And what I've done is I've lumped verses 1 through 9 together because I believe that they were one teaching moment for the Lord. Apparently, there were, in verse 1, listen to it, here's what it says of chapter 13, there were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answering said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans, because they suffered such things? I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Or those eighteen upon whom the tower in Siloam fell, and slew them. Think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. And then in verse 6, Jesus follows this up with a brief parable about a fig tree. He says this, He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it. Verse 9, And if, ye, and if it bear fruit, well, and if, it not, if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. All right. So let's stop right there. And uh, of course, we uh, asked the question, what in the world name does a fig tree have to do with what Pilate did in Galilee? Uh, What does that have in common? Well, in this section of Jesus' teaching in his journey to Jerusalem, 
uh, he has already told his disciples that there was great danger that waited, awaited him when he got to Jerusalem, that the religious leaders were obviously on the lookout for him. They were wanting to do away with his ministry. They felt that he threatened them and that uh, they were going to finish him off. Well, along the road, someone comes up to him, apparently, chapter 13, verse 1 says, somebody comes up to him and literally says to him, uh, asks, asks, asks a question or brings it to his attention. They tell a story about some atrocities, some very traumatic things that were committed by Pilate against Galileans in Jerusalem. Uh, in other words, not only were were the religious authorities looking out for uh, looking for Jesus to put an end to his ministry. But uh, Pilate was not re- very favorable towards anybody from Galilee being in Jerusalem. Uh, what What is the point of them asking this question or bringing this to Jesus' attention? Um, I think they were saying, knowing that were, there was danger that awaited Jesus is, listen, uh, Rabbi, it isn't safe for you it isn't safe for you, your Galilean followers to continue to Jerusalem. Um, and you need to be very careful because this is what happened. And of course, another point of the story is the question of what that tragedy means. Was was the Galilean disaster and the terrible traumatic thing that happened a punishment for those victims that died? That was the question that was asked. And Jesus presents that in verse 2. He says, uh, do you think that they were greater sinners than anybody else? And Jesus answers that question in verse 3 and says, no, in fact, that's not the point. That is not what you need to think about. And he gives that famous statement, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. In other words, Jesus is responding to their highlighting of this tragic event and he's making a spiritual point out of this, and he's getting ready to do it again in verse 4 when he says, what about those 18 people that a tower in this certain town of Siloam fell and killed all of them? Were they worse sinners than anybody else that lives in Jerusalem? And Jesus says, no, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Now, at first, that seems a little bit obtuse. It seems a little bit you know, distracted. Did, did Jesus, what, what, what is he saying here? And so when Jesus responds, he cites these and he, say where the, he says, were they worse offenders? Now, listen to this. The moral of the story that Jesus is teaching, the point that he's making is that when bad things happen, does it mean that victims deserve uh, this, uh, such adversities? Um, when bad things happen, was it, were they deserving of such trauma in their life? Were they being judged for their sins? Uh, and Jesus is looking at both of those disaster stories, and he's saying, really, the greatest need is for them and you and everybody else. Here we are on this last journey. Your greatest need is to see these tragedies and understand the need for everybody to repent. That's what he says, right? Unless you repent, you will all perish just like they did, basically, is what he's saying. 
Uh, you need to be prepared for eternity. You need to look at these tragedies and know that that could happen to anybody, that these individuals weren't being punished in this world for their sins per se, but it is a call for everybody that hears the voice of Jesus to repent of sin and be prepared and have a right reconciliation with the God of heaven. The issue is not whether the victims of those disasters deserved it, but whether we turn away from and from uh, unfruitful ways of living and disobedient ways of living. Uh, some years ago, I read that of a dear servant of the Lord when he preached a message on this. And it reminded me that that's exactly what Jesus was saying. Can you imagine the sobriety of the people that were sitting there listening to the Lord? And they heard this question. They knew about the tragedy that happened. They knew about those terrible accidents that occurred. And Jesus uses that as an object lesson and literally says, whenever you hear of tragedies and brokenness and heartaches in this world, remember that they are reminders to you to repent of your sins and have and be rightly related to God. And in that context, Jesus then tells the parable of an unfruitful fig tree, a fig tree that was planted in a vineyard. Um, it was often a, a symbol of Israel, uh, a fig tree and a vineyard and the prosperity of the people. Uh, but when the vineyard owner wants an unfruitful fig tree cut down, we are told in the story that the gardener comes along and says, listen, please, let me beg for another year to, to help this tree to be fruit-bearing. And what he's saying here is this, that God gives gracious opportunity to repent to many people, to everybody. If you're in the sound of this even today and you're listening to this podcast, God's gracious, merciful acts towards you is to give you an opportunity to repent of your sin. Another chance that is given every day you get up is another opportunity as you draw breath to make sure that you repent of your sin. But the reality is it will not go on forever. It will not be open-ended. When Jerusalem and Israel are given an opportunity to repent, that opportunity to respond to the grace and thus be fruitful, that opportunity is not going to last forever. So if you're listening to this today... As God's servant, let me remind you, God's gracious to you right now. He's been pleased to bless you and to give you life and to allow you to live another day. But that ought to serve as an incentive to say, I want my life to be pleasing to the Lord. I repent of my sin and I'm asking the Lord to do a work of grace in my heart. He is gracious now, but it won't be forever. One day, His patience and His grace will come to an end. Make your heart right today with the loving Lord Jesus. God bless.